This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 390 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, Kentucky Performance Products, Uncle Jimmy's Brand Products, and Horseware. Today we've got three competitors from the USDF National Finals. Akiko Yamazaki, Chase Hickok, and Erica West-Dank. Scoffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Joined by our producer, Glenn the Geek. Hey, guys. Hi, guys. (laughs) How are you? One week, one week till the big 12-hour marathon coming up. We are the lunchtime attraction. I'm so excited about that. I get to take a break then. Just let you guys go. I can can go go get some food. Uh, yeah, you guys are on. Of course, we're talking about the twelve hour second annual twelve hour holiday radiothon on November twenty eighth, Cyber Monday. We're going to be starting at nine a.m. to nine p.m. We're giving away four thousand dollars in prizes. People can call in that day, anytime that day, and tell us about their fantasy ride. Who is the horse? in history or current that they would most like to ride if they had a fantasy ride who would it be and they'll be entered into the drawing that day so we're going to pray away prizes all day long and uh, then the grand prize at the end of the day is worth over fifteen hundred dollars it's a whole That's bunch so of cool. stuff like 20 items uh but you guys have some terrific guests can't plan for your hour we do we have uh can we can we say yeah that? go ahead well, we can tell you who we have because we have confirmed today from both of our guests. We are so excited to have best-selling New York Times author Tammy Hogue. Woo-hoo. She is fantastic. She is a Grand Prix rider in her own right, and she is fantastic. And drum roll, please. We have Laura Graves, bronze medalist from the Rio Olympic Games on. And so we are really looking forward to having them on and talking about what they do for the holidays. And, and, and listeners and can call in and talk to you guys. Yeah, I was, I, we were yeah. just talking about this. Uh, we're going we're gonna to take live phone calls from listeners. This is, I think this is going to be my favorite part because um, we don't do... I, I don't do the live shows. You know, yeah, I've called Phil's in a couple everybody. of times. And- Let's tell him a secret. Phil's actually scared of live shows. So this is a big thing for Phil to come on and do the live show. Uh, because yeah, we are- I just, um, sometimes, you know, my off-the-cuff comments <laughs> might not be always appropriate or have the proper radio language involved. <laughs> I mean, if you if you heard all the edits that had to come out of some of the shows, you would understand why. I I'm think not- the audience hear some of them. Yeah, we're the auditors big. have heard many of your <laughs> We're pretty big. Or, or if, you, if you know me and, and yeah, it's just not, not always. No, it's it's not kind of bad. a wild day though, so, you know, because it is all holiday. It's a party. It's a Christmas party and, and we're talking to the guests about not, you know, about Christmassy stuff. So 
it, you know, it's fun, and I think Philip, you're going to have a great time with it. And, you know, we have a we've gotten over a hundred voicemails of people singing songs, and you're you guys are in a lot of those uh, yes. singing songs and poems and things. We're going to play those all day long. And on your hour, we're giving away a, your t- listeners' choice of a total saddle fit English or Western shoulder relief girth. They get their pick. And oh, then so also, uh-huh. KPP has given away a dressage performance pack worth over $175. Oh, so, best too. There's, yeah. so, there's great really prizes company. all day long. I think it's really amazing <laughs> what, how you put this together, Glenn. Good job, Glenn. And, yeah, we we're just we're went excited over, to be a part of it. We just went over $4,000 in prizes, and we keep adding more. We keep getting contacted with companies that want to donate. So, that's um, so cool. Yeah, and that's how you, the only way you can enter at this point is to call in that day. We'll put you on the list, and then you're on the list all day, and we're just going to draw numbers at, every, at the end of every hour. So, Fantastic. Uh, yep. awesome. So tune in. We well, we're going to like, so have lunch with us on Cyber Monday. We're looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. Yes. Are you cooking? Cool. Are you making lunch? Uh, I will probably have, no kidding, a uh, lean cuisine that's in my freezer. <laughs> <laughs> mine, mine will be in a glass with a couple of rocks. So. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to say, Phil's going to have it's a lot. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. It's 5 yeah. o'clock. I, I cannot. I have got to then go to my other job at the University of Kentucky, so I cannot partake in the lunchtime. They don't want your professors yeah. drunk at University of Kentucky? <laughs> I, I don't. I think they maybe would frown on that. I'm just just maybe off the cuff. I think that's the only way you can do any of that teaching, I think. <laughs> no, I, I enjoy my class, and uh, no, it's good. So it'll be super fun. We're awesome. looking forward to the day and to talk that's... a little bit about what we do on Christmas and all those type of things. And so we want to hear about stuff. your fantasy rides. You and uh, oh, you I'm and ready. Philip? I've got yeah. mine. Okay. I've got my fantasy ride, and I think I'm, I'm going to shock okay. you guys. And I'm we have, you, let's, you know, don't, let me just mention too, we have some fantastic guests all day long. We're starting the day with, with George Morris. I mean, and he's going to talk <laughs> about, you know, he's talking about his fantasy ride. But the first guest of the day, our opening guest, is very special. It's Christian Bush of the group Sugarland. He's the one of the, the pair. That's I saw you guys were promoting. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, he, he actually turns out to be a very close old friend of Jamie's who hosts the morning show. And they go back a long way and they used to celebrate. Christmas together when they lived in Atlanta before he was a big name. Um, And they talk about that. We already did that interview. And Christian loves Christmas. So Sugarland has 6 million followers on Facebook and has sold 30 million albums. So this is, you know, it's kind of neat that he hangs out with us at the beginning of Radiothon. I want to break the internet again. Last year, you guys broke the internet. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you got to make sure that you're not going to go down during the radio. Yeah, maybe not during our well, hour. Well, <laughs> we, we, we were going to ask yeah. Christian if he would announce it on his Facebook page, you know, all six million followers. And then we decided that'd be a bad idea. Well, we're going to have him promote the recorded version the next day, because if uh, okay. if, if, if 1% of them hit it, it would be 100,000 people hitting our live feed That's at once. So, so cool. yeah. we don't That's need cool. to go down for the whole day. <laughs> no, we're yeah, really exactly. looking forward to today. It's going to be a super fun day, and uh, just kind of kick off the holidays. Oh, for us. we have others too. We have uh, uh, oh. other dressage people during the day that you might. Allison Brock is going to be on twice yep. during the day, actually. That's also great. on that same team you just talked about, she's going to be on. And then there's another oh, Linda Tellington Jones. Everybody knows Linda, uh, yeah. Linda's name. And then um, let's see here, uh, Debbie McDonald. Debbie McDonald is going to talk yeah. about her fantasy ride. That is correct. So she's going to be on during that day, too, telling you about her fantasy ride. And I happen to know what that is, and it's very special. It'll make you cry. Cool. Oh, so. that's so cool. That's very cool. Yep. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun, Holidayradiothon.com. Fun, fun. Holidayradiothon.com has all the information. But, I mean, we've got a good show to put on today, right? Yeah, so. we really do. We have a great show. I think everyone's going to enjoy. I kind of went around the national finals and, and asked all our we're friends co- to collecting come on. guests for us. Yeah. Yeah. From, yeah, from the was, winner's circles, right? From the winner's circles. We tried. <laughs> for sure. So, it was... Uh, we had quite quite a week here, actually. I think everybody had a great time, and the weather was very... It was cold, but it wasn't snowing or raining sideways. It was actually... It was beautiful weather here. It was cold. A couple... <laughs> when, when I was going to the barn at 5 a.m. on Saturday morning, it was 23 degrees. I was like, oh, this is too much. But um, it was really nice here, actually. Well, it sounds like you had a good week with your horse, and uh, yeah, hello, and, was... and everybody I've seen all over Facebook had a great yeah. show, and and people are really, good. really talking up this national finals. It's what it is was... this the third or fourth year, yeah. and uh, it's starting to really pick up a lot of momentum. It you is. know, people are enjoying the Kentucky hospitality, which we know about. You uh, even partaken in many times. No way, it's yeah. it's really so, fun. Yeah, and... now now it's getting you know uh, a lot of traction across the country yeah. and getting more riders and, and everybody's really having a great time. So that's, uh, that's awesome. Well, yeah, Reese, would you brag yeah. a little bit, please? <laughs> I will. I will tell you. So, uh, I'll tell you a little bit about our week. So, um, you know, hello, I don't know if I talked about it before, but briefly the way the schedule worked out was really hard for me. And, and it may, I don't know if it affected anyone else, but the pre St. George open finals and the fourth level open finals were both on Sunday afternoon. Um, and, and normally that doesn't happen. And it was an oversight by the show committee. And I personally let them know about it early on. And they said, well, we're sorry. We really can't help you. Uh, we will, won't do that again next year. But didn't really help me this year. So uh, we moved in on Friday, which was good. I, I kind of got him over the horse show. And one of the challenges I face here in Kentucky is my barn is 10 minutes from the horse park. So I sort of play double duty. And I'm also, you know, a wife and I, you know, you know, laundry and just the normal life of, of, of being, being a human. Um, it's easier sometimes when you leave and go to a horse show. So I, I, for me, from a competitive standpoint, I really have, have had to learn how to do that and just say, you know what, I love all my students and I love all my horses, but assume that I am gone. I'm here, but I'm gone. So that's something I've had to learn while showing at the horse park, uh, especially in a final situation. So I took a low on, on thir- uh, Friday, uh, about, I worked a little bit here at the farm and then midday I took him over and uh, I rode him here on Friday, just kind of made life a little easier because of the schooling schedule. So whenever you're at a national finals, you typically get a schooling schedule. So they tell you when you can ride and, and, uh, the schooling time in the indoor arena was from six to seven thirty AM. So I didn't want to take him. I didn't want to try to, I mean, I had to take him over at 4 a.m. or something crazy on Saturday. So we moved in Friday, settled in, walked around, checked the place out. Uh, You know, he had been last year. So that was sort of our strategy. My sister, Lindsay Cassidy is my coach. Uh, So we had, we really strategized that. We got up super early. Lindsay was amazing. Came uh, Chase Hickok, who is uh, on the show later. And I were the first ones in the arena. Uh, We were in there about, uh, I think we got in there at five to six. So we got on, uh, get, getting started. Because, again, you can't, at a national finals, you can't ride without stewards. That's common. Uh, also at a CDI, like you have to ride when they tell you to ride, sort of part of it. So we got up early, got in the arena. We were able to sort of get in the Alltech when it was pretty quiet. And by the time we were finishing schooling about 645, it was starting to get pretty busy. So I was happy I got up early. 
then we put him up. Uh, I actually took him out a couple of times on Saturday. Again, couldn't get back in the arena because it was closed till like midnight. You couldn't get back in until the next morning. Uh, so I did a little lunge on Saturday afternoon just to get him out, let him stretch his legs, went on a nice walk. Um, Hello happens to be kind of a pain to hand walk. So I more prefer to lunge him. He's just, he's kind of a jerk <laughs> to hand walk. So Lindsay and I always like, no, you do it. No, you do it. No, 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 you do it. So, uh, so we didn't do that. So we lunged him a little bit on Saturday afternoon and then got up early again, Sunday morning, got him in the arena again. Uh, you know, so I had to make some interesting calls from a riding standpoint because I had two of my tests. At, I had went at one fifteen and four fifteen. Uh, again, you know that it's not a, he's seven, and you really we can only get through one test a day. And we we trained a little bit for it. Uh, I didn't go crazy because I thought it's one day in his life. Um, but again, you have to make sort of that call as you're you're preparing for a set. And this probably will never happen again. So I hand walked him early for about an hour. My legs were tired, but that was good. So I hand walked him and then I put him up, hand walked him a couple times during the day, got on him for the pre St. George. It was a little bit tight in the warm up. Normally I wouldn't have waited till one o'clock to get on him, but that was the, my plan. Uh, so he was a little bit tight in the pre St. George. Um, had some mistakes. It wouldn't be normal mistakes for him, but some mistakes in the changes. Still ended up with a pretty good score, almost a 65%. Um, so I was, I was okay with that. But, um, I got in, so I left the arena and two riders after me and Erica West Stank is coming on. The Literally, the lights went out in the Altec arena. There were no lights. It was dark. So they kicked on the emergency power. So I thought, oh, okay, we're going to have to go in there. And, and, and guys, I'm not kidding you. There was one little spotlight in the warm-up ring. It was essentially dark in the warm-up. So I thought, well. We're here for experience. We're going to see what happens. And I will tell you, Hello went in there for his second test and was fantastic. Like, I I was really nervous. I thought, I don't know how this is going to be. And then there were two rather large sunspots in the middle of the arena. So the Alltech was, it wasn't black. Like, you could see, but it wasn't light. <laughs> So, but they said, we're going to, we're going to run the class. Everybody is going to have to go in these conditions and we're running it. It's the last class of the day. So I got ready. We did our warm-up plan. We had a very specific time we were going to get on. We got on. I had been on him, you know, what, two hours before, three hours before, um, warmed him up and he was actually really with me. I kind of really shortened my reins and kind of gave him a few kicks and said, okay, you know, now I'm really serious. You have got to stay with me for the next 20 minutes. And I'll tell you what, that young guy, he did his job for the second test. And that was really the one I felt pretty confident going in. He, he qualified, he got some really big scores at the freestyle, fourth level freestyle. He did it last year and was third in the third level nationally. So, um, I really had a fantastic test. I, I, I really was proud of him. I, cause it was a freestyle. I sort of, in my mind, as I was going around the arena, I was looking to see how I could sort of avoid the sunspots because hello can be a little funny about light and sunspots and at home that happens. And I sometimes ride them at different times because my arena has big windows. And so the sunspots move around. So I trained in that a little bit and, and (laughs) I went around the arena and he was really spooking at one. So I just went back around. I knew I was a little close to my 45 seconds, but I was like, I got to show him this again. So I went back around to show him and, um, you know, started my freestyle. There was one part of my trot work. I 
really couldn't avoid the sunspot. I, I even in the walk work tried to look and tried to figure out like, how can I avoid that sunspot? And I, I couldn't figure it out. So he did have to cross it once and he was great. Like he looked a little and I kind of put my leg on and said, come on, come on. And he, he was great. So ended up just under 73%, uh, reserve overall, just, uh, just edged out of the championship. Um, but I was really proud. It was a really big day for him and I couldn't at the end of the day have been more proud of him. So it was cool. So that was my Congratulations. Story. That's Thanks. good. It's a great Thanks. experience, you know, on yeah, the way, exactly. you know, on the way upwards towards the CDI ring. And, you know, it takes a yeah. lot of, a lot of times down the center line, a lot of different stuff happening. And yeah, exactly. And, uh, you did a wonderful job. Yeah. Thanks. Well, Phil, Phil has also gets a big cheers on this because Phil's been, uh, he's part of my team. And, and of course I called Phil right away. And I'm like, you wouldn't believe what happened, but, uh, <laughs> You know, it takes a team really to get these horses down the center line, and and I have such a great team. Cheers to, to Kiki Cortellis, my owner uh, of uh, she's my partner with Hello Lindsay, Philip, Dr. Anna, and my husband Travis. Like it really, when when people think their team, really it doesn't happen without your team. And and it was cool to go to a national championship, and and I look forward to showing this horse. And and we all, all the, the committee has to get together. We call it the committee. Uh, Philip, Lindsay, Kiki, like we all have to get together and decide sort of what the next step is with hello but um he also i promised him a week off and so he gets this week off so he's and getting his week off he's getting his week off not that he really worked that hard he was like one really intense afternoon but i promised him a week off so he is he's been very quiet in the field he's going out hello i i'm a big fan of turnout and and uh today i did groom him for like five minutes i was like okay you have to get groomed for a little bit but <laughs> he is enjoying his time dirty. off no, I was like, come on, you got it, got it. You got mud everywhere. So he's having a little break uh, and then we'll kind of regroup and rally kind of like you'll hear Chase talk about with her horse, Sagacious. It's been kind of a long uh, end of the season for him. And so he'll have a little break and we'll go gear back up for Florida. So looking forward to it. All right. so Onward and upward, as we Onward say, right? Upward. Onward and upward. Well, right after this commercial break from Kentucky Performance Products, you're going to have a wonderful interview. I hope everyone enjoys Akiku Yamazaki uh, talking about her journey uh, to the U.S. Finals. They had been together for years since he was just a colt. When he got stubborn, she would gently coax him on. When he got scared, she would reassure him and stroke him gently on the neck. She spent hours building his confidence, his strength, his balance, teaching him to dance. Pirouette, passage, piaf, the final salute. The crowd jumped to its feet and cheered. It was the moment that it's been a lifetime training for. But all she could think about was how special he was and how she loved him. This love story is brought to you by Endure Extra, providing high-fat calories, direct-fed microbials, and natural vitamin E to support optimal condition and performance. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. Well, tonight it is my pleasure to have Akiko Yamazaki on. Akiko, welcome to the program. Thanks very much. Well, Akiko, you have spent a couple days with us here at Maple Crest laying over after the U.S. Finals, and it was so fun to have you. And, uh, of course, I snagged you for the radio show, but I was so interested to hear about your journey here to the U.S. Finals. So can you tell us a little bit how it started? Yeah, um, I, it was actually my second time. Uh, I was there in 2013 as well for the inaugural um, 
U.S. Dressage Finals. Um, back then, I took um, a older horse, but this time I took a 80-year-old uh, Pre-St. George horse, and we had a, a blast. And he is beautiful. Can you tell us all a little bit about him? Sure. Um, he is a Dutch horse by Bivaldi. I have had him about a year and a half. Um, we started off in third level last year, and um, he's one of those horses that are is quite easy and very intelligent, and he skipped two levels, and he's doing pre-St. George this year. And um, early this year, um, when we started the pre-St. George, I thought, oh, it might be pretty fun to take him to, to the finals because he's one of those horses that um, – you know, the environment doesn't seem to affect him too much, and um, I felt like if we if we could, um, you know, get the qualifying scores, that it would be a really good experience for both of us. So I'm glad that the plans worked out, and there we went. And you had a great time here and did very well. Tell us a little bit about what happened here. Well, thank you. Um, I uh, we we did our first um, warm up class on Saturday, which was the day before our finals. Uh, we arrived from California on Tuesday, so he had a few days to settle in, which was great because the weather was quite different <laughs> Cold. from California to Kentucky, <laughs> much, much colder. Uh, so he had a few days to settle in and just kind of take in the whole environment and, um, and you know, had chances to score in the arenas and so on. And uh, our first uh, warm-up class went really, really well. He, he just, you know, put in a nice clean test. Uh, and um, we were able to win that class. And then on the actual finals day, um, I couldn't have been happier too with his performance because he also did a, a clean test. He may have been just a little bit more tense, but that may have come from me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, we ended up top three and it was a very, very tight um, top three. I think that between the first place and my third place, there was only about 0.6% difference. So, so, you know, we really couldn't have asked yeah. for more. And um, it was just so much fun to see, um, you know, all the the top uh, riders from the other regions. And um, I think my favorite moment really was to uh, all of us there, the top 10 to be in the warm-up arena of the Altec lined up to, to go get our awards and uh, or do our uh, award ceremony. And you know, we just kind of exchanged quick hellos and said where we were from. And, and you know, people from North Carolina, South Carolina, um, there was a local girl from Kentucky who won it, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> um, two of us from Region 7, actually Elma Garcia, who is a good friend of mine, was second, and then I was third. So we got to do honor rounds together, and that was a lot of fun. That is so cool. So, Akiko, you're a mom of two children, right? Yes, I am. I have how two do, girls. How, They're 12 and you, 8. How, do you, how are you a mom and ride at this level? I mean, how do you do that? <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I think I can be a, a better mom because I ride in a way. <laughs> it, provides me, it provides me my mom, you know, my mommy time and a, a time to focus. I mean, they're a little bit older now. They go to school and so it's become a lot easier. Um, you know, they're pretty self-sufficient. They came to root for me. They're horse girls themselves. Uh, they, they're pretty serious vaulters. My older daughter, actually, Miki, uh, represented um, the USA in, in the WEG already in Normandy. She was the flyer for her Team USA. And Stefan and Miki actually got to walk in the opening ceremony together. I, I really never thought that I would see that kind of a 
a day in my life, you know, where my oh, child and uh, my sponsor writer kind of walked in the opening ceremony together. So that was super wow. special. Uh, she's actually already competed in the Altic arena before I did and was a trot national champion. So she was ahead of, she's been ahead of me. <laughs> she's competed <laughs> so in cool. Aachen as well. <laughs> oh my gosh. I and had no only idea. 12. Yes. Whoa. That's awesome. fantastic. And that it provides, yeah, it provides them with such opportunities at, at such an early age, you know, and the club that they belong to, um, has always been very internationally minded. So They've been able to do a lot. And my little one just started a canter. She's 80-year-old and is able to mount these gigantic um, vaulting horses on her own. And, you know, I'm, I'm in the sidelines sweating bullets in my hands. <laughs> I would be, you know, <laughs> seeing them fly up there. Oh, my God. I don't know. I could handle it. I just don't. Oh, wow. That's yeah, pretty cool, though. Just, uh, you know, I, I would choose vaulting because when uh, there were very little, they wanted to ride. And. And I swore to myself that I wasn't going to buy any minis. So <laughs> we looked around and, um, you know, found vaulting. And I said, okay, this looks pretty safe. Somebody else is in control of the horses. And little did I know that three years later, they'll be 14 feet up in the air. Wow. They really wow. enjoy it. It's a great team sport and uh, very disciplined. And, you know, it's taken us to places that I never thought we would. So it's great. That's cool. Fantastic. Now, I, I think I read somewhere that, that your mom got, got you riding early on as well. Is, is yeah, that true? Right. Like, is that how yeah. you started riding? And how did you get involved yes, in, in fact, dressage? Yeah, so my mom um, was a rider, as you pointed out, in Japan. Um, she started when she, she was in high school. And then we actually moved to uh, Costa Rica in Central America when uh, right before I was born. And my mom um, continued riding, and so we kind of grew up with um, the horses uh, ourselves. And uh, to be honest, when I was a, a child, I, I wasn't doing dressage. I was mainly a jumper. <laughs> Did a little bit of eventing wow. as well. <laughs> and uh, dressage was something that, you know, I mean, in Costa Rica, there's not much dressage. So uh, <laughs> we didn't really do <laughs> a lot of dressage. And then I came to uh, the United States for college. And um, and then worked a little. I lived in Japan, and then I came back, and I picked it up again. And at that point, um, you know, I was married, and my husband said, "Well, I don't think if you're going to ride horses, you should be jumping." So that's mm -hmm. that's when I took on dressage. <laughs> that's cool. So Akiko, what I'm just curious, do you know what the dressage scene is like in Japan, or just riding in general? Is it similar? You know, sort of, you know, people owning horses and things like America, or um, is there a different no, way of doing it? Uh, it's, no, it's, it's, as you can imagine, not very easy, um, to do dressage, uh, in Japan, um, or anywhere in Asia, really. I mean, they have the Asia games and so on, but, um, I was at, in Rio and, uh, this year, and I have to say that the Japanese team, uh, you know, did a very respectable job. I think they're really trying to get ready for Tokyo in 2020. Um, I think, um, uh, Probably given the uh, military tradition, jumping, you know, was a little bit more popular. Um, but the equestrian population is really not that big in Japan. And so it's it's uh, within a challenging situation. Um, they've done a really good job. I think most of the riders in the um, dressage team that is aiming for the Olympics in Tokyo um, seem to have bought, you know, horses in Europe and also have trainers in Europe. 
That makes sense. Well, Akiko, you've been yeah, sponsoring horses for the United States now with Stefan Peters for many, many years. The famous Ravel and Legolas. So can you tell us a little bit about, uh, and you may have owned others, but those are the, the, the big ones. What, what are, um, what's it like to own and, and sponsor a rider and, and go around the world to the Olympics and the World Equestrian Games? Um, well, it's, as you can imagine, you know, it's extremely exciting to be in these amazing venues. Um, and especially with a, you know, disciplined rider like Stefan, who always does his best. I mean, you, you know, you go there and you always feel proud about the results, no matter what. Um, the reason why I started sponsoring Stefan is actually a little bit accidental, but also in a way, um, you know, my husband actually deserves a lot of the credit, believe it or not, <laughs> because uh, uh, many years ago now, uh, let me think, uh, the, ho- the horse that I bought through Stefan was seven and he's 24 now. So, you know, 17 wow. years ago, <laughs> I bought awesome. this little, <laughs> little uh, nice horse from Stefan. Um, who actually, you know, went on and we, we did quite well in the small tour. And so this was, you know, my introduction to Stefan. I bought a horse through him. And I remember showing up on a Sunday. I knew that he had been in a clinic the day before. He had just flown back. But, you know, I showed up in the barn. And there he was. Horse was braided beautifully. His boots were shining. And he was the most cordial person that one can imagine. And I thought, wow. This is, you know, pretty impressive person. And, um, you know, and then the rest is kind of history. We, uh, I left that little horse down there um, so that I could have an excuse to train with Stefan. <laughs> so That's a good month, idea. I flew down That's so and, cool. Yes, I flew. He, he was my uh, little, you know, excuse to fly down and take lessons from Stefan. So I did that for a little while. And then, um, you know, and every time I showed up, I was just very, very impressed with the quality of his riding and the training and all that and how he ran his whole barn. And so I just kind of got introduced to Stefan that way. And then, you know, a few, few years forward, um, 2006, um, before the Beijing Olympics, I remember, you know, Stefan came up to my barn for a clinic and it actually it was my husband who said, you know, it would be so fun if Stefan could represent us for the Beijing Olympics. Wow. And I was like, really? Seriously? Sure. Let's mm-hmm. tell him that. So so I remember precisely the moment when, you know, he was, uh, he had just finished giving us a, a lesson and I, I said, Hey, Stefan, what do you think of this idea? And wow. I, and I remember, you know, he was very, very excited. I and mean, we had, um, actually when I got pregnant with my first, um, uh, child, um, I had sent him a horse Lombardi that people may not, um, know yes, too much about, but, um, yes. yeah. So Lombardi was a horse that I had bought for myself, but, um, then I became pregnant and mm-hmm. he also had a little bit of a penchant to do, um, you know, sort of random movements in the test. <laughs> yeah. His own kind of so freestyle. Yeah, exactly. You know, he would be like, halt and turn around 180 degrees Ooh, and take no. the other way. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, so those kind of things. And and so Stefan took him and he actually made him into a Grand Prix horse, competed him in Ahen. Lombardi ended up retiring as a reserve horse for 2008. Gosh. So uh, we had we had started a little bit of a sponsoring kind of relationship with um, with Stefan back then. Um, 
you know, like I said, it was a little bit accidental in that I had sent him that horse thinking, uh, okay, I'm pregnant, you know, he can ride him while I'm pregnant. And then he ended up being this incredible international horse. So, so the cool. case, Stefan, just keep him down there. And, you know, so we had, we had kind of gotten a taste of what it was like to go to Aachen and, mm. and you know, go, go to Gladstone and, and those kind of things. So that's how it kind of started. But really, the person that deserves the credit for bringing Ravel in this country is my husband. Wow. Wow. That's so, so cool. how involved is he in the horses? What does he think about all of this riding with you and your daughters now? Being, you know, um, how does he view the whole Gary? picture? You know, he is a really good horse husband. He's Aww. been doing this for a long time, so he really knows the ropes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think he, he really can now tell, a, you know, a good pirouette from a bad pirouette. Yes. And, you know, he, he really, <laughs> he knows, uh, he has been to all the, you know, top international competitions that we've been to. And um, he's also taken up uh, photography. So he's, he he takes a lot of good pictures for us, and uh, it's an extra bonus for us that you know, kind of have our own personal photographer yes, and that's can awesome. get, yeah, get a lot of the behind the scenes kind of photos as well. So we're very lucky. Yeah, he sounds very supportive. That's awesome, and to have that as well. Yeah, yeah, it was very nice. Uh, of course, now the kids have school, so they can't just take off whenever. And um, yeah, <laughs> bummer. They, you know. They, they let me go a little bit ahead of time this time in Kentucky. So I was there since Tuesday, but they flew in on Friday and and um, saw my two rides. And, you know, they had to go back to vaulting practice on Sunday. So oh my gosh, <laughs> Jerry, is... Jerry managed all of that. And yeah, it was great. <laughs> That is cool. Mm-hmm. Well, Akiko, it's it's really cool that it's a family affair and it's so fun to I did not know your daughter was in the wag. I mean, that's that's something special. And your daughter and your horse and your sponsored rider and, and yourself. It's just so cool to meet you and to talk with you and hear about your journey and your family. And we'd love to stay in touch for sure. Yes, thanks so much. <laughs> thanks, Akiko. We appreciate your time tonight. Okay, thanks. This winter grooming tip is brought to you by Horsewear Blankets. Joining us are two of the top grooms in the country of Enter Philip Dutton's groom, Emma Ford, and Cat Hill from World Class Grooming. Our Horsewear Winter Grooming Tip of the Week, we have Emma with us who's going to talk a little bit about keeping your blankets clean throughout the winter season. First of all, Emma, you're supposed to do that? Keep your blankets clean? I thought you just <laughs> let them get all gross and then washed them at the end of the year. Well, I mean, if you like crusty blankets by, by January, then you're, you're, that's down to you. But we like to uh, <laughs> not, not be holding our noses every time we uh, put a blanket on a horse come January, February. So hopefully these couple of tips will help those guys. But So obviously, depending on where you are in the country, you know, for a lot of us, we're, our horses are in blankets the end of September and end up staying in blankets through to the beginning of April, end of April, depending on the weather. Any overwashing of any blanket is, you know, not a good thing unless it's just a cotton sheet because um, you can uh, destroy the fill. Also, if you overwash the outside of a turnout, you know, it actually... Um, takes away the effectiveness of the waterproof layering. So even every day, if you can, before you're 
take the blanket off the horses, give us take a good stiff, hard brush and not the worst of, you know, the shavings or straw. And also, um, obviously, if they come in from outside, then you're going to knock the worst of the mud off. Should you ha- come in with that sodden horse that's uh, got a nice bit of mud all over its blanket, then we actually just hose it down and, uh, you know, no, don't use any detergent. We just hose it down and let it dry naturally outside. As for the underside, um, the actual easiest way to keep your blankets nice and fresh would be to have some sort of underwear. Um, we like to use like very breathable cotton sheets. The Amigo Stable Sheet that also has a neck is easy to put on, fits really well, and it's, they're a nice uh, product that you can ha- you know, have two of and just switch them in and out as you wash them. And then the other thing you can do is use an ammonia, ammonia neutralizing agent such as one part vinegar to three parts water. And you can spray this on the areas of the blanket that um, is particularly have manure stains, pea stains on. And this helps to um, get rid of that uh, nasty pea smell. Makes them smell like a salad, but uh, the pea smell's <laughs> gone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> salad over pea. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we're t- I, so the recommendation there would be the Amigo staple sheet uh, underneath to help keep that, which is easily washable, which is a, which is a exactly. good suggestion. Yeah, great. Well, Emma, I know you guys have a terrific website. Where can I find that? Um, you can find us at worldclassgrooming.com, which is also our Instagram, Gmail account. So come and find us and look for our book on any equestrian website, world-class grooming for the competition horse. This tip was brought to you by Horseware. Have you ever wanted to own your own Rambo? Well, here's your chance. From October 3rd to November 23rd, receive $50 off any Rambo turnout blanket, including the Rambo Duo, the Optimo, the Original, the Supreme, and all the others in the Rambo turnout line. All you have to do is trade in your old turnout from any brand for a horse in need. Simply visit horseware.com slash trade for more information and fill out the form for the voucher you will need to get your $50 off. The complete list of retailers is at horseware.com slash trade as well. Open to U.S. and Canadian residents only. Go to horseware.com slash trade today and replace that blanket with all the holes for one of the best blankets on the market, the Rambo Turnout. Outline. Well, tonight I am so happy to have the newest U.S. National Finals Grand Prix Grand Prix Freestyle winner. We're calling her Superwoman, Wonder Woman, Chase Hancock. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Oh, we're so happy to have you. Last time you were on the show, you had just won the Brentina Cup with Sagacious. And uh, so what led you to the journey of the U.S. National Finals with him? Well, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. You know, we finished the U25 last year and we're looking to you know, set up for a new goal for this coming year. And um, Sagacious, unfortunately, had had to have a sinus surgery during last season. We didn't get to compete at all during season 2016. Um, so that kind of took, you know, the hopes of going to Gladstone or, you know, any sort of CDI qualifiers out of our path. So we, um, you know, we're really excited that we were able to get in the scores to qualify to go to regionals and ended up finishing actually as reserve champion in both the Grand Prix and the freestyle there at regionals. And so we qualified to go to nationals and it worked out, you know, better than we expected, certainly. 
<laughs> so this was your first trip with him to Kentucky. What was the trip like? It was quite a long one for you guys. It is. You know, we used um, Jimmy Welsh from Elite Horse Transport, who's just amazing. You know, he made the trip super easy for the horses, and they made record time. They ended up getting like three hours earlier than we were expecting, which was awesome. And Sagacious is such a good traveler. He's like, just put me on the trailer. You know, he's been all over yeah. the world <laughs> at this point. Um, and then the showgrounds in Kentucky were just gorgeous, you know, especially with it being fall and all the colors changing. We're like, I found myself a new home. I will just stay here. You know, you can send me all <laughs> until my it stuff. snows. Until it snows. <laughs> until, yeah, until you get that nice cold weather, it's, right? It's nice for another well, couple yeah. weeks then, and then game over. Then my team, well, yeah. I was dying this week. It was like 29 degrees one night. Was, I was like, I don't remember what this is like. <laughs> it was very cold. It was the coldest. Was really I actually, cold. one morning, it was when I left it. At five thirty, it was twenty three. It was like, oh god, okay. no, that's not okay. <laughs> not it's very okay. cold. It did. It was beautiful weather, but it was very cold in, during the day, well, and it had been that them with those heated barns and that oh, heated arena. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes. It, the, if you're if you're lucky enough to be in the heated barns, there are barns that aren't. I know. So, well, it's funny. I didn't really take people seriously when they're like, "Oh, make sure you get in the heated barns." It's like, yeah, okay, you know, crazy talk. And then, you know, I went ahead and did the entries and we got in there. And when we got up to Kentucky, I was like, I would have died. I would have yeah. literally just died. I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> what have just, just, yeah, yeah. well, sagacious. I'm like, I'm getting back on the trailer. I'll see you in Florida. <laughs> I love it. So tell us about uh, when did you get here and kind of how did you prepare for uh, both were kind of late. Your rides were late. I, I, I'm not going to lie. The Sunday or Saturday ride was pretty late. So I came home and went to bed. So I didn't know worries. It was well past my bedtime too. <laughs> yes, it was. It was late. I'm what time, what time were your times? I wrote at 10 32 on Saturday night. Yeah. It was late, which I'm such an like old person at heart. Like if it was up to me, I'd be in bed by like eight 30 every night. <laughs> and I think Sugacious kind of agrees with me, but, um, <laughs> but we got into town on Tuesday morning. Um, and took it easy Tuesday, just went for a couple hand walks. And then Wednesday we schooled in the stadium and then really just kind of, you know, with Seacious, it works best for us at competitions to do two rides, have a little bit of a longer warm up in the mornings. Um, and then we really do a quick little warm up before we go in the ring, usually 10, 15 minutes tops. So that worked out really well. You know, we came bright and early, um, both Friday and Saturday mornings. I think we were on by like quarter to six. And got our school in and then, yeah, kind of hung out all day and did some other preparation. And I'm a big fan of visualization and, you know, really kind of the mental side of dressage. Um, and then, yeah, we came out late at night, like after dinner and <laughs> you know, I took a nice afternoon nap. Um, and yeah, he was just awesome. You know, he was a little bit displeased when I came out there at like 10 and was like, all right, time to get ready. Um, he's like, are you out of your mind? We just did this like 12 hours ago. But, um, but no, he was just fabulous. And I think he really liked the atmosphere of the arena. You know, it's a very, it's big, but it's very manageable. And it has a really warm, inviting feel for the horses, I think. So he really, you know, he did amazingly. And he seems to really enjoy himself, certainly. Yeah, no, I, you and I were both up. I couldn't believe it. You rode late Friday. And then schooling was from <laughs> 6 to 7.30. And you and I, I think, were the first ones in the ring at like 6. Exactly. I was like... Gosh, how I don't know how she did that because you couldn't have gotten that much sleep uh, between no, those rides. I think rides. we left the barn at like eleven thirty on mm -hmm. Friday night. Like we barely made it back to the hotel before they started stop uh, serving dinner, and yeah. then we were there at like five. 
five fifteen yeah. the next morning. He was like, I cannot get rid of you guys. <laughs> yeah, like what? It, yeah, no, it was early and it was nice. You and I actually were able to get into the stadium, kind of. It was exactly. you and me for for a bit, which was nice. I know we got like but a I, few minutes of quiet. <laughs> yeah, it was good. But I was like, gosh, she's my hero. Like I, I knew you had been up really late the night before. Well, so. I have to confess, I went back and took a long nap. So <laughs> I, yeah, I did too. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Yeah. You when you get up that early like, and ride and oh it's too early. Oh, it's brutal. It's brutal. But what 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 were your rides like? What 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 were you happy with the Grand Prix and 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 that kind of thing? So, you know, we really went up there wanting to just have a super positive experience. We had just come off of Devon, um, which was amazing. You know, he was phenomenal in the Grand Prix at Devon. Um and then the atmosphere on Saturday night, you know, it's the the freestyle night and ended up moving. We were doing the special, but they moved it to Saturday night. And it was just, it was a lot of atmosphere, you know, and it's dressage at seven and it's cold and it's rainy and there's umbrellas. So it was really important to us that we came to Kentucky and just had like a really positive, um, successful experience, both for him and for I and for our confidence. And so, you know, we went in, we didn't want to, you know, take any chances, just wanted to have nice, clean, harmonious tests. And I feel like we really accomplished that on both nights. You know, I think um, Sagacious has so many highlights. And that's what I love about that freestyle is that it really, you know, he gets to show off a bit with his, you know, I think his changes are just extraordinary. And um, some of the more challenging Piaf Passage work um, and his pirouettes are phenomenal. So you get to do two of them in each direction. Um, so, no, I was just absolutely thrilled. You know, he stayed with me in each test and he was just so steady and so happy to do his work and I really loved you know a lot of people commented on sort of the harmony and the lack of tension in our ride and that's what's most important to me you know is that he really he really enjoys his work and that people can see that he enjoys his work you know I would never want um never want to force him into anything I always like for it to be his idea and so I feel like we really accomplished that this week talk to us a little bit about your freestyle music uh you know how did you pick it what is the theme um I think everybody is always interested in the freestyles most of all so so how did you so come I up with yours i have to confess i didn't come up with the music it actually came to me with sagacious oh, um cool. and oh, so right. it was designed by marlene whitaker who's phenomenal and so we've tweaked it a little bit but it's the same music that caroline um used with him when she was at Aachen and finished second in the under 25 freestyle so it's got good juju certainly yes yes um, but I think, I think it really suits him. You know, I love, you kind of get a little bit of everything. The Piaf Passage music is a little bit more upbeat. And then the canon music is really sort of um, more about the melody. And it's, you know, I think it's really beautiful. And I don't know how they came up with it, but kudos to whoever's idea that was. And certainly to Marlene and to, you know, being able to put that into reality. Um, and, you know, we've tweaked the choreography a little bit, sort of played around with some things, but it's really, you know, it's pretty true to its original form. And I think it's just a testament to what an amazing job she did when she choreographed it and, you know, put the music to it and designed it. Yeah. Marlene's Marlene is awesome for sure. So uh, what's Nominal. next? What do you, what are you guys doing next? My goodness. What's the next plan for this? season? <laughs> <laughs> so he will have a little bit of downtime um, as you kind of gear up for season. You know, we had a busy couple months. Um, we went to Devon and then to regionals in Georgia and then up to Kentucky. So we have a little bit of a down spell here through the holidays, and then we will be hitting the ground running as soon as um, season rolls around. You know, we're looking to get in in a couple of the first CDIs, and um, we're moving up into the Open Grand Prix now that we've Yay. 
unfortunately <laughs> aged out of U25. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so just looking to get as much. I know. I'm like, everyone's like, how does it feel? You're not a young rider. You're not a junior. You're not even a young Grand Prix rider. Now you're just, yeah. you know, you're just yeah, out welcome. there. You're, not, you're nothing welcome. anymore. Yeah, exactly. you're nothing. Welcome. Join um, us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Begrudgingly. So, no, so we're excited. You know, it'll be, I just love Global, and we're so spoiled to have, um, you know, so many shows there and to be have it right here in our backyard. So we're looking forward to, you know, getting out there and just really getting some good mileage this season. Um, yeah. And seeing, seeing how that goes. I love it. So now we, last time you didn't have, but you have, you have a job now. What, what are you doing? <laughs> so I'm also selling real estate here in Wellington, um, to help who knew horses were expensive. Um, <laughs> and yeah. so They're I've been not. really fortunate to get together with, um, equestrian Sotheby's realty here in Wellington. And sort of parlay some of my, you know, equestrian accomplishments into um, helping to sell real estate. And they've just been awesome. They're super supportive of, you know, all of my successes and all of my adventures with the horses. Um, and it's really nice, you know, it's, so much of Wellington is equestrian focused, but it's a really nice sort of partnership there and um, great networking on both ends, you know, great for riding and great for the business as well. So. No, it's been awesome. It's been a really nice um, addition to my day-to-day life. Hey, can I jump in here, guys? Um, Chase, there's somebody that wants to say hi to you. Hi, Chase. This is Wendy Ying. I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much. They were just telling me about that coincidence. It's amazing. So we should... When they told me about it, I was like, oh, my God, little Chase, but you're not little anymore. (laughs) I know. I was trying to remember. I think I was like four, maybe five years old. You were too tiny because it was like in like 2000 and it was no, it was like in 2000. I love it. So, so Wendy, fill everybody in what's going on. So, so so sorry, sorry. What's going on? What's going on? (laughs) So So welcome, Wendy Yang. She's the co-host of the driving radio show and the horse radio network. Wendy, welcome to our, welcome to the interview. Thank you so much. Um, well, what happened was I was selling my horse farm in North Carolina after I finished vet school and I was moving to Virginia and Chase's mom, Pam was my real estate agent. And she said, Oh, my daughter really would love a pony. And I had this little pony that I adopted from vet school and his name was Tony the Pony, and he was like ten hands and this like super cute pinto pony. And they oh, adopted adorable. him. And that was yeah, and that was Chase's first pony. And you know what? I'll tell you what. That pony was like barely halter broke. So that kid can ride because <laughs> I, I was telling them I was like my feet didn't pony. even come past the flap of the saddle. Like <laughs> I know, and he was bratty because I totally he was cotton. He was bratty. He was so yeah. nice. he was bratty. Uh, yeah, so she didn't get a made pony for her first pony. She no. got like this super bratty Shetland. <laughs> I think there's literally like a full week where I fell off like every day. <laughs> and he would just stand there and kind of stare at me and be like, Are you going to get up or what? What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, he didn't think he was for riding. He thought that you should be feeding him carrots. Exactly. I'm with Tony oh, he the was pony. the best. 
<laughs> well, we love, okay. it just shows how small the horse world is that Wendy from the Horse Radio Network is uh, Chase's first seller of ponies. So uh, thank oh, you. You deserve a lot of the credit for yes, where we are now. Go for it. <laughs> That's so cool. Well, well Chase, I'm so happy you survived, Chase. I'm <laughs> exactly. I'm West Grumpy and Style Champion. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> I love it. Well, Chase, right. um, if our listeners are interested in hearing about some real estate or about your horses, how would they find you online? Absolutely. Well, I'm on Facebook, of course, um, and also happy to receive any emails. My email is first name Chase, period, Hickok, and that's H-I-C-K-O-K at gmail.com, or certainly give me a call. That's 919-475-3483. Hello folks, Uncle Jimmy here and welcome to the world of Uncle Jimmy brand products where funny names mean serious products. Featuring Uncle Jimmy Squeezy Buns, the squeezably soft hand treat that your horse will love. The award-winning Uncle Jimmy's Hangin' Balls. Uncle Jimmy's Sugar-Free Ball. The incredible Licky Thing, also in sugar-free. The amazing Uncle Jimmy's Pecker Wrecker and the Big Licky. The infamous Uncle Jimmy Hangin' Ball was first designed by me for my own horses to help reduce the bad habits which come from stall boredom. It now can be found around the world. This nutritious flavored filled boredom buster will help keep your horses occupied and happy around the clock. Properly hung, it will last for weeks provided you don't let your horse pin it and Uncle Jimmy knows who you are. The ball comes in four flavors. Apple, carrot, peppermint, molasses, and now sugar-free. Once again, welcome to the world of Uncle Jimmy's brand products, where funny names mean serious products, and satisfaction is 100% guaranteed. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, for this week's Total Saddle Fit Trainer Tip of the Week, we have quite a story from FEI trainer Erica West Dank from Texas. Erica, welcome to the show. Hi there. Well, How are y'all doing? We're doing great, and you have had quite a journey. You're just getting back from the U.S. Finals, and you were, unfortunately, the person that was in the arena when the lights went off during the U.S. Finals. The lights, was, uh, you have got yes. to tell everybody the story. Like, what? Thankfully, Jesus, thank you, God, I was out. Because I would have just jumped off. I would. There's no way. <laughs> I finished my test, and I think you were two behind me. And my girl, you're like my hero. So tell all of our listeners what happened to you in the FEI pre-St. George Open U.S. Finals during your test. It was, uh, yeah, I'm very thankful that I was riding a horse that I have a really, you know, long-standing relationship with. And I mean, it's just does such a wonderful mind. Uh, so we we're we we're in the Precinct George test and it's going, you know, pretty well. We were coming up on our line of three tempies. And it actually I mean it may have in some weird sense worked out in our favor because at the start of the line she was, you know, having a little bit of potty business. So we were a bit slow on starting our changes. And then we were 
two changes in, like mid-flying change, going across the diagonal, and it just, I mean, went completely black. It's like instant midnight. And she yeah, has, the lights went out, everybody. The lights yeah. went out in the Altec Stadium. There was zero the lights. The power everything. black. Black. And, yeah. the, I mean, I couldn't see, but the mayor is on also has an issue in her eyes where, like, she literally is blind anytime the light changes. And it takes her, you know, a good 30 seconds to a minute to adjust so she can see again. It's just, I mean, walking in and out of a barn is an issue. So she just, like, mid-flying change just stopped dead. And she started shaking. She started going backwards. And I was just talking to her, you know, whoa, whoa, Patner. And she came back to me right away, which is really a huge thing that she was so willing to look to my leadership in that spot. So I just kind of stood there petting her for a few seconds. And you can hear, you know, the hum of everyone kind of going, oh, my God, what did that? happened you know yeah yeah so what um, happened like, did the judges come like what happened okay so the lights go out you stop you're a pet nerd. Wh- what happened like what happened from that moment on so kind of our next step i was still for probably 30 seconds or so just petting her and then she started to relax and then i kind of tuned back into the atmosphere a little bit and the judge at sea um called me over and said just just walk for a minute take a breath there's no hurry just we'll we'll figure something out just give us a minute okay so we ended up just walking in kind of a 20 meter circle down there by sea and waiting and then the backup tower finally they started rebooting um whatever they had of their computer system and i'm not really sure how they were able to pull off the, the technical side of it um and then once they got all of their, I think it was their computers. I'm not sure if there's a hand process. It'd be interesting to ask them how they were able to pull that off so quickly. Um, but it was probably, I don't know, maybe two two or three minutes into it, they were able to get back going. And said, all right, well, now go ahead and start from your line of changes and go through the test. Uh, so we were on the reserve power, and um, Annie was with me. I mean, she was all the way back with me. It was just so proud of her um, and picked up her line of changes and we did our changes and finished the test. And then immediately upon the halt salute, the power the came on to the speakers and there's like this massive, like booming crackle thing in the middle of our halt. My poor horse, she squirts oh. forward. She didn't go too far, thankfully. And you had like saluted and were petting her, right? Yeah. So you didn't really so have I, I had read. just completed my salute and that <sighs> thing went off and it's just I mean, a horrific sound. Really it's probably really good that it was me and on a horse that is so very sane and rational that could have been a massive wreck if someone had been on me. You know, a if younger, more volatile people. horse in that situation. Yeah. If I had been in there, people, it would have been game over. I would have just gotten off and walked out. I'd be like, I'm done. I can't handle this situation. <laughs> oh my it, god, it was crazy. It was really, it was really crazy. And I, I, every, and everybody, the emergency lighting, it was pretty dark. Like it, you could see, but they ended up running the rest of the day with the emergency power. But it was just one more class. You were pretty far down in that. Were you the the last rider in the precinct march? 
I think there were one or two others after me. I'm not certain, though. Yeah. You were I was pretty, fairly yeah. preoccupied with yeah. my horse. Getting point. out of there. Getting out yeah. of there. Yeah. It was really, it was really something else. It was really, I can't even explain it. And it was, I, God bless you. So what, what did you learn? I mean, what can you give our listeners for kind of the adversity in the show ring? Like, I don't even know how you prepare for said, act, like what happens. So how do you, what would you say? Like, what did you learn or what would you tell people like dealing with adversity in a national finals? So guys, this is, this is big daddy here, like dealing with that. And how did you sort of collect yourself? I think one of the biggest things is, well, I mean, for me, the absolute biggest thing is always prioritizing what's right for my horse. And in day-to-day training, I'm always trying to set up scenarios where it's not just teaching them, you know, what to do and how to move, but actually how to think through a problem. I mean, it's the the little things from, you know, if you're hand grazing them and they go to step on a lead rope, the person who panics and says, oh my God, they're about to step on the lead rope and goes running at them to pull the lead rope out from next to their foot. That teaches the horses to get scared when there's something they don't understand. And it's the little things where, I mean, if they go to step on the lead rope, just, you know, quietly reach between their legs, let the rope move around their front leg a little bit while you're bringing it out. And just always showing them ways where something could be a little scary. It's the the plastic bag that you have in your hand they spook at. And continuing to make the little crackling noises with it. And then when they first reach their nose towards it, you stop making it crackle. And you eventually teach them with consistency in how you present them with things that they don't understand. And the consistency that if they take the initiative to come towards you, to look at you, to stop for a moment when something's scary, that's the spot where you make it less scary and you keep building that. Because really, (laughs) I mean, you never know what's going to happen. And that's one of the, the big things is we can't prepare for everything that our horses are going to see in their lifetime and the things that can keep us safe on them and help to keep them safe like with Annie like she truly could not see when those lights go out and she's scared to death but in that moment she knew that if she just waited and did what I told her to that I was going to be able to make it better and then I mean, it's nice that the lights came back on and she could see. Well, they kind of came back on. Kind of, kind of, kind of. Better than midnight anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just, it's always setting up those scenarios. It's, with my horses, we do a lot of, I mean, I have 50 acres, so we'll take them out in the woods. And we have some trails that are really wide and clear and, you know, very traditional dressage horse appropriate. And then you have some that, I mean, you need to get down and duck and they walk through the branches and the branches hit their legs and it's we have tractors going all the time and people up and down and the kids that run down the barn aisle you you don't want to have them run down the barn aisle when there's you know a new horse in cross ties for the first time but if you have your older horse and you're there to control the situation let them play fetch at the back part of the barn with the dog so the horses see it they just they know how to handle things that i mean in life in general, it's horsemanship to me is an example of how I want to live my life. And it's how you can respond to the things that you can't control ends up defining what your experience is. 
And it's like with that class, I mean, I'm sure if, you know, there'd been a perfect setup, we could have gotten a bigger score, but I couldn't be prouder of, of the horse and how she handled the situation. I don't think a lot of horses could have gotten through so stably. <laughs> no, seriously, you're my hero. I would have died. Yeah, I think, I you know, you got to give yourself a little credit and yeah, a whole lot of God. riders couldn't get through the same, you know, and they should have, you know, should have. I said they might have, you know, just excused themselves and said, you know, like, oh, that was a disaster. I'm not even going to try. But yeah. you just said, okay, you know, we get back and we get back to our line of our changes and you get focused on the test again. And you just, you just do it because, you know, nothing's a better teacher than experience and you try your best and, yeah. and you don't give up on your horse and, and, and your horse doesn't give up on you. So I think that's yeah. uh, a testament to, um, good training and, and an experienced rider who obviously has handled an issue here or there before and just can calmly go about your business. That's the best thing uh, that, that any I mean, can, anyone know. can be for their horse is just a good leader and just a calm, quiet person. And, and just, you know, and just like you said, you, you may have not ridden the test that you wanted to ride, but you still wrote a great test. And I'm sure the score was great. And, and you come out with a, with an experience and, and something to live about and to talk about sort of thing. Right. It, it it is. I mean, it. I'm just. I'm super proud of her, and I mean, I have a, a long-standing relationship with this horse, and it's. You know, when push comes to shove, I know she's she's always going to be with me, and it. I mean, if you if you don't give your horse a chance to experience those things and to learn what you can work through together, I mean, you're forever limiting you and your horse and your capabilities. I mean, it's not to say that you need to go cliff diving with a horse to build confidence, but <laughs> a little hill every now and then doesn't hurt. Yeah. 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 Get out of your comfort zone once in a while and you'll be fine. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Erica, thank you so much for coming on. You literally just followed in your driveway and we're so kind to come on the show with us tonight. <laughs> so thank you so much. How would our listeners find you online? It's uh, Erica West Dressage, E-R-I-K-A. W E S T D R E S S A G E at Yahoo. Well, at yahoo.com is my email, or um, Eric West Dressage is the website. And I'm located in Willis, Texas. And we have, I mean, I'm a bronze, silver, and gold medalist. We have 50 acres out here and um, run a training program from beginners all the way up through the, the Grand Prix. And um, I started a lot of young horses. I, don't have a whole lot of openings for young horses anymore, but I um, really enjoy teaching and sharing whatever I can from, you know, horsemanship to excelling and hopefully the national theme. <laughs> Love it. Well, thanks so much for coming on and go get some sleep. You need it. Uh, will do. <laughs> Y'all take care. We're going to talk about the new girth that uh, Justin has. And Phil and I have both tried this girth, and it's fantastic. So, Phil, take it away. I've had it. It's called, uh, for quite a bit, it's called the Stretch Tech Shoulder Relief Girth. It has all the same awesome qualities and features of the Shoulder Relief Girth, only that this one has a triangular elastic center that um, that allows the horse's chest to expand and uh, it makes a softer contact with the horse's sternum. So, it's... It's taken all the qualities of that nice shoulder relief girth and enhanced them even further and uh, made an awesome girth to allow your horse to breathe a little better. Um, it fits awesome. It, you know, it allows the, sh the shoulder freedom that we've talked about, puts your saddle in the exact right place where you want it to stay. I like to test things out to see if they, you know, mm -hmm. stand up to the rigorous 
training schedule, work schedule of, of the horses that we have. And I've used it almost every day. And it's it's been a, a really great growth. I think it's even better than the shoulder relief growth um, because it's got it's got more liners. You can you have options. You know what you want mm-hmm. to be on the, against the horse. So I have the the leather one, and what I've really been liking is the the neoprene liner, which yes. is easy. You can take it off, hose it down, or put it in the wash or whatever, and it's been extremely durable and it fit forms to the horse. Well, Phil, I really enjoyed every one of those interviews. I hope everyone did as well. It was quite quite a fun week here in Kentucky and. Uh, we were chatting and we really will make this happen. But next year, we'll, we will definitely do a listener meetup. Uh, I met a wonderful listener and I cannot remember her name, but she came over to my stall and we chatted for a bit. And uh, she said, really, I love the show, but we need to do a listener meetup next time. So we more meetups, more meetups all the time. <laughs> yeah, we're going to make that happen. We're going to make that. And you're going to come up our... and maybe we'll do a Canadian meetup at some, maybe oh at the goodness. Royal, like the Royal Fair, if you stop going to this Nationals thing. Yes, this is saying we can we'll figure out something. We'll figure it out. But um, I thought that was a great, we will do that. In 2017, that'll be our goal is to have a few listener meetups. Uh, we'll be going to the World Cup, Philip and I, uh, and we'll definitely do the World Cup and the National U.S. National Finals and maybe a couple in between. But that was a awesome, awesome suggestion. And as always, we love Facebook and email shout outs or anything that uh, you love or, or something that we can improve on the show. We always love to hear it from you guys. So uh, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I wanted to mention, too, the Western Dressage Gang will be here next week for Thanksgiving week, so they will be here. And oh, then awesome. the next time you'll what? hear Reese and Philip is on Radiothon Day. Well, that's that's pretty exciting. We're, we're really looking forward to it. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a great show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we will talk to you at noon uh, on Cyber Monday for Horse Radio Network Radiothon.